optimal minimal. At this altitude, I can run flat out for a half mile before my hands start shaking. Can I answer your personal question? Now it is seen a perfect time. I'm a cybernetic organism, living tissue over a metal endoskeleton. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I get asked all the time what I would take if I could only take one supplement. The answer is invariably Athletic Greens. I view it as all-in-one nutritional insurance. I recommended it, in fact, in the four-hour body. This is more than 10 years ago, and I did not get paid to do so. With approximately 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, you'd be very hard-pressed to find a more nutrient-dense and comprehensive formula on the market. It has multivitamins, multimineral greens complex, probiotics and prebiotics for gut health, an immunity formula, digestive enzymes, adaptogens, and much more. I usually take it once or twice a day just to make sure I've covered my bases if I miss anything I'm not aware of. Of course, I focus on nutrient-dense meals to begin with. That's the basis. But Athletic Greens makes it easy to get a lot of nutrition when whole foods aren't readily available. From travel packets, I always have them in my bag when I'm zipping around. Right now, Athletic Greens is giving my audience a special offer on top of their all-in-one formula, which is a free vitamin D supplement and five free travel packs with your first subscription purchase. Many of us are deficient in vitamin D. I found that true for myself, which is usually produced in our bodies from sun exposure. So adding a vitamin D supplement to your daily routine is a great option for additional immune support. Support your immunity, gut health, and energy by visiting athleticgreens.com slash TFS. You'll receive up to a year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your subscription. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash TFS, as in Tim Ferriss show. athleticgreens.com slash TFS. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. As always, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, and you can find all of the links and resources from this episode, as well as every other episode, by going to fourhourworkweek.com forward slash podcast. Spell it all out, or you can go to fourhourworkweek.com and just click on podcast. Feedback, if you have feedback, I would love your thoughts, anything at all, who you'd like to see on this show. Ping me on Twitter, at tferris, that's twitter.com forward slash T-F-E-R-R-I-S-S, or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tim Ferriss with two R's and two S's. Hello, boys and girls. This is Tim Ferriss, and welcome to another episode of The Tim Ferriss Show. For those of you new to the show, this program is really dedicated to trying to dissect excellence, to deconstruct how the best in the world do what they do best. And that can range from billionaire investors to chess prodigies to stand-up comics to seven-time New York Times bestselling authors and everyone in between, professional athletes, people from the FBI. It gets crazy. This particular episode is an anomaly. This is an audio version of The Random Show, which is something I do with my buddy Kevin Rose, who's a general partner at Google Ventures, has also started a bunch of different companies, very, very successful angel investor and product guy, as they call them in Silicon Valley. And this is generally a video show. And the video, as well as the show notes for this audio, can be found at fourhourworkweek.com forward slash podcast. All spelled out, fourhourworkweek.com forward slash podcast. That's also where you can find all of the other interviews and in between episodes and all that juicy stuff. But there will be a couple of things that lack visual cues given this is audio, but it's a lot like a stand up comedy CD. Most of it should make sense on audio. So without further preamble. Please enjoy The Random Show. Ha ha ha. Why, hello. Welcome to another episode of The Random Show, number 279. That's right. I'm Tim Ferriss. And I'm Kevin Rose. We are your random guests for tonight. Uh, and we are normally the guests, so we're here at your house. Randomly consistent. Randomly at your house. <laughs> and uh, we are having what? 
Some awesome wine from our friend Will Harlan. This is the Matriarch 2003. Um, Will is a buddy of ours. He gave us a bottle of wine. Um, actually, he brought this over to my house the other night um, for Daria's birthday dinner thing after her birthday dinner thing. It's hard to explain. After party? We, we had a dinner the night after her birthday. He came by, dropped it off, didn't get a chance to crack it, so we figured we'd crack it here. It's awesome wine. Matriarch. Uh, obviously, Harlan Estate, uh, Matriarch, everything that he does is like just awesome. So. And we have a few accoutrements for the wine. Number one, gifted to me by my girlfriend, is a coyote head pourer, which may be hard to see here, but it comes right out the mouth hole like that, which is amazing. Very Game of Thrones. Looks a bit like a dire wolf. And because I know that it would just horrify Will... We're using beakers. These are Kymax beakers uh, that I use for urinalysis in the morning, typically. But not only. It's also a perfect 200 milliliters. I also have 250 milliliters, which means that you can get three perfect glasses in one bottle of wine because bottles of wine are typically standardized to 750 milliliters. You've never used this for urine. That's right. This joke, right? Probably not. I, I wouldn't put it you past you. You have like a 1 in 12 <laughs> likelihood. Mm. All right. All right. So let's get right into the show, people. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, one thing I want to talk about real quick is a new announcement that I have. I've launched a new app. Right. I have, um, for the people out there that uh, have watched the show, you probably know by now that um, I typically am a full-time partner at Google Ventures. I've now reduced my time to part-time at Google Ventures and I am a full-time entrepreneur now. So I have a little company called North. We build a bunch of different little apps out there. High five. High five. I was like, are you going to smack me? Um, and this is our second app. So our second app is called Watchville. Um, it's available at watchville.co. And it is basically um, a tool for kind of what I consider to be like an underserved market. Like it's the uh, watch collector slash watch enthusiast. Um, and I'm talking about old school wrist watches, not like, you know, smart watches. Um, this man jewelry. Man jewelry. No, it's not man jewelry. This is the thing about, it's funny you should say man jewelry because a buddy of mine, so the, the quick little, uh, 10 second version, and I've talked about this on a previous random show, but how I got into watches was that it's a horrible story, but the first time I actually wore a serious watch was when my dad passed away and he left me a watch that he worked very hard for, which is, um, a Rolex that he wore all the time. Same one. He didn't have a lot of watches. He wasn't wealthy, but he had that one that he really cared about. And I was always watching Paul shit it when I was a little kid. And I was left that and I would wear one of like his watch out when I was going out to like nice events and stuff like that. Um, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And a buddy of mine was like, you know, that's funny you're wearing a watch. He goes, it's the only jewelry men can really wear and get away with. And I was right. like, actually, that's a good point. I started reading some of the blogs. I started reading the blogs on mobile. And there was no tool that pulled together all of the best content, all the best like watch blogs out there, along with some tools for like actually setting your watch and tracking what's going on with it. So um, the other side of the app, outside of the best news around the web, is a time-setting tool. So current moon phase indicator gives you leap year for watches that require that. It averages out all the different atomic time, atomic clocks out there to give you the most precise time for setting your watch. And that's important for people that care about, like, is their watch run, running fast or is it running slow, things like that. But it's just a free little app. Um, if you like watches, if you're, if you're watch curious or anything like that, I hope you'll check it out and download it. It's a uh, watch Watch curious. Watch curious. Like by curious. Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, if you're just like, you know, I was about a year, year and a half ago, I was like, just like, oh, it's interesting. I'm curious what it's all about. And then I started reading the blogs. And the first thing that you, you come to realize is that it's not about just like these wearing a brand for brand's sake. There's people that walk into a store and they're like, I have to have, you know, name the watch. They put in like a, like a tag Patek or, or, or a Patek Philippe or a, a Rolex. And they, they just like buy based on brand. Mm -hmm. When you really get into it, the geeks, the people that are the true collectors, they understand the movements. Like, like they understand the watchmaker, like where they came from, why they make, I mean, it's like people that are really into cars and engines and things like that. Like you go in there, they're like, oh, they use the, uh, Blue, uh, blued screws there over a, you know, a quarter inch, like, uh, German, uh, silver. You know, like, they know every little facet of it. And it really is a geeky thing. Like, I'm a tech geek, and, like, I can appreciate the engineering and the effort that goes into this stuff. 
um, once you get into that side of things. I think it's also a really smart thing. So I, you and I were having dinner not too long ago before the launch at Blue Plate, which is a great restaurant here in San Francisco. I uh, highly recommend go on a cheat day, have either the meatloaf or the fried chicken, and then the key lime pie is just amazing. Best key lime pie I've easily had. We didn't have the pie. We didn't because it wasn't a cheat day. Okay. But uh, we started talking about Watchville, and Watchville is so attractive to me for a handful of reasons and maybe not the obvious ones. So I don't currently wear a wristwatch. But you don't I, wear anything, no rings? No, no cock rings. Ring. Just a cock ring. <laughs> <laughs> cock ring and a butt plug all day long. It's working on my kegels, kegels. Those aren't visible though, so those don't no, really no, count. No, no, it's I'm, I'm working up to the, the, the hand rings. Uh, so the uh, so the <laughs> So we were talking about it, and what it, what I really like about this is the fact that it disproves, I think, a, a, a disabling belief that a lot of entrepreneurs have, or would-be entrepreneurs are like, oh, well, everything's been done, Uber for whatever has been done, and there's nothing left. And it's like, no, there's so much left. Yeah, the and, long tail is left. Yeah, and you found my favorite kind of market, which is a very precisely defined, easy to, relatively easy to target, price-insensitive high-end market. And there's so much potential there. And you can make a lot of mistakes. There's a certain like margin of safety. If you have really good tech chops, really good design chops, right. and neither of those have been brought to that world. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Oh, one, one, one other piece I'll... attractive one, way to go. One other piece I'll add on top of that that I absolutely believe in is like, if you're going to do something, if you're going to build something, there's a great book out there. Peter Thiel put it out called Zero to One. Mm. It's under, yeah, it's right over here. Case. Have you read it? Yeah, absolutely. So zero to one. He talks about if you're going to build something, make sure it's an order of magnitude better than what's already else out there. Yep. What, and if you look at all the other watch apps out there, they're just... What already else is out there? What? That was amazing. Did I nail that or no? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I get you. So you look at everything else out there, and if it's, it, it was all crap. Was, I went in yeah. and I investigated. Because first of all, I'm not going to build an app if there's something amazing out there, right? Yeah. So, you know, honestly, there was like a couple little watch apps here and there. I put this out there... And it was like tens of thousands of people flocked to it, and it's been like five days old. Yeah. And, you know, hundreds of thousands of sessions. And it just goes to show you, like, if you build a quality product, like, the niche, like, people will, they're, they're begging for an Android version. Yeah. It's, it's just insane. So yeah. I'm pretty happy about it. But um, for, for other people that are out there, like, to your point, like, there's just so much opportunity in this, like, long tail of stuff that no one is touching. Yeah. No one's built an app for, like, high-end, like, um, these, these collectors of Nike shoes, Air Jordans. Yeah. They pay, like, $5,000 for a pair whatever. of shoes. It could be, it could be know, anything. high-end hats, high-end. Well, it doesn't even have to be high-end. It could be, like, you yeah. know. There's but the, gardening the apps, is, like you know, I, and I think also people get so obsessed with venture-backed startups, they don't stop to consider alternatives to the traditional sort of venture-backed game. It's like you don't need to have an IPO, a huge acquisition, to build a massively successful company. I mean, you can be privately held. I think Mars Company is still, uh, you know, family-owned. You can build massive companies. Uh, or at least very highly profitable companies, you don't have to get caught up in all of the the echo chamber and rom- romanticizing of Silicon Valley. I think it's really dangerous uh, and unnecessary. But we'll come back to that. I wanted to talk about just the setting for a second. Yeah. So this is this is my house, and uh, we are sitting at my 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 uh, living room table. I guess you would call mm-hmm. it. And these are the books that were on the table. I didn't, uh, didn't add anything new. And I have stacks of books everywhere in the house, which uh, some people dislike, but it's kind of my way of uh, organizing things. So uh, first, I wanted to just give a congrats. This is a, a new book. You might recognize the name. So this is uh, a startup that, uh, that I advise, Refinery29. They're the largest independently uh, owned fashion site, and it's massive. And they, they just came out with a book called style stocking, probably best suited to the women out there, but it's really about developing a distinct personal style, and this hit the New York Times bestseller list, so they sent me a, uh, a copy to check out, and I can certainly use all yeah, of the style help trying to, I can get. trying to tell you something. Uh, so the, the, a lot of these books otherwise on this table right now are related to illustrations, so I wanted to just point out a few of them. This one is... Robert E. McGinnis, and this guy is amazing as an illustrator. He, he has done everything from the movie posters for Breakfast at Tiffany's to the James Bond movie posters mm. uh, to, he's, he's known as sort of the king of paperback illustration. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, 
they're so incredibly detailed and good. And I think they're discounted. The artistic value of what McGinnis did is discounted in the same way that sometimes Norman Rockwell's art is discounted uh, because of how commercially successful it was. And speaking of Rockwell, this is another one for those of you who might be interested. Uh, this is Power Magazine. This is uh, one of my heroes, Dmitry Klokov, for those of you. Let me you. see. This guy is a beast. <laughs> uh, but J.C. Leyendecker, a lot of you may not know J.C. Leyendecker. He was one of the primary influences on Norman Rockwell. And you can see his art is just stunning. And if you look at the brushwork and the strokes, it's very elegant. There's, there is not an extraneous line to be found. So uh, some of you who go a ways back with me know that I fantasized for a long time about being a penciler, a comic book penciler for about 10 years. So I've been getting back into exploring that. Uh, so Charles uh, Gibson, this is the Gibson girl. Uh, it's, it's, been, it's been relatively easy for me to draw men for a very, very long time. So I was a comic book nerd and got really good at that. But the, the female figure is sometimes difficult, especially if you're trying to do to draw a female figure that is not an exaggerated anime-type figure with a waist that's that big and breasts the size of this room and so on. If you're trying to do something slightly more realistic, uh, then this is, this is just a fantastic uh, guideline. A uh, couple of others, and then I'll come back to the thread of the rest of our conversation. These are two very different books. This is really dorky, but I love this stuff. Uh, many of you will know, really into Stoic philosophy, this is just Epicureans and Stoics. Uh, edited by the Axios Institute. It's, it's pretty good. It wouldn't get my highest recommendations. And then the last book I'll mention uh, on the table is a new one. This is actually uh, by a friend of mine, Alex Day, The Underground Storyteller, uh, which is really cool. It's, it's one of these rare books, experiential books, that I enjoy. And I get sent a lot of books, and most of them are just not that good, quite frankly. Uh, this is about Alex trying to ride uh, every line and get off at every stop on the tube in London and tell the history of each of those lines hmm. as he goes through it. It's That's pretty fascinating. Cool. So, so far, it's very, very good. And then just a real quick on the background here, uh, every book here, as Daria pointed out, uh, nothing here is accidental. I'm very anal retentive and OCD. Uh, every one of these books, because this is where I look for a lot of my day, has been placed very particularly to uh, elicit a particular response from me. So you have Vagabonding facing out, you have Bird by Bird facing out, Zorba the Greek, Musashi, Dune, The Magic of Thinking Big, and a handful of others. Uh, What's The Magic of Thinking Big? The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. It's an, an amazing book. I, I, I find that when, when people are failing to accomplish their goals or generally suffering from a malaise in life, it's oftentimes because their goals aren't big enough. Their dreams aren't exciting enough to them. And The Magic of Thinking Big was recommended to me by Stephen Key, who has made millions of dollars creating different products and toys and licensing them to Disney, Nestle, huge companies, Hasbro, whoever it might be. And it was recommended to him by a number of Fortune 500 CEOs. Hmm. And it's a super simple book. Really inspiring. I've had it for many, many years. That copy is probably at least 15 years old. And uh, I, I think the, the externalities of life are sometimes underappreciated. So for me, my external environment represents my internal environment. So if things are relatively neat, which I would say my house is right now, mm. my mind tends to be well-organized. If my external environment oh, yeah, is a mess, sure. then my head is usually a mess. My thinking is a mess. So that's yeah. what we are. I always think the same way. Like if you look at, I, I picture it as though if you take your house and you rip the roof off and you look down from like a bird's eye view, if you see just like chaos and mess everywhere, like that, that, that's a re reflection of basically my brain. Like, yeah. like I feel when my office is like messy, yeah. I, I feel it gives you anxiety too. Yeah, you have a, a messy house, like you have like, like a little background anxiety running. Yeah, no, it's like low grade anxiety yeah. that's, that's persistent. You may not even notice it. So for me, you know, when in doubt, this sounds funny, but you know, when I'm having personal or business stress or whatever, when in doubt, just tidy your shit up. You have house cleaners, though. Let's get real. I have house cleaner for cleaning, but they don't organize my stuff. I mean, they, they tidy up your books. And no, they don't. Never? That's off limits. They're, not, they're <laughs> not allowed to touch my books. You are no. an anal retentive. I, no, I don't want people fucking around with the order of my books. I, 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 so I do have um, people who help. I mean, the, the wood takes a lot of care and stuff, but... 
I don't want to turn this into a fucking. You want? How you do much not, care does your wood take? Like really? Well, is like every day. Ah. Oh uh, boy! All right. This is like <laughs> I've had Lyme disease and I'm on like a million drugs, so I've been I've been uh, not partaking of the nectar of uh, the juice, the, sweet, the, the juice of life, the, the stuff, the Will Harlan juice. Oh god, it's just getting better and better. Uh, Let's move so on to the next item. On, moving on. Yeah, I'm very particular about stacks gifts. of books. Oh, you brought me gifts. Yes. What do you got? So the first gift I have for you, I want you to get a good smell of this. Smell that. Really Weird. pungent, yeah. What is that, fermented coffee so beans? So these, these coffee beans right here, you'll see how oily they are? Yeah, very oily. So we'll put a link in your blog article to this. Um, My blog article? I don't yeah. know. You have a blog. I don't have a blog. Are Blogs are stupid. <laughs> so we'll put a link in your blog article to this this little... So here's the deal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you people something. Just listen, it's going to my head too. <laughs> I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell everyone about this little place in Tokyo. It's this little hidden coffee shop. My only ask is one thing: you have to understand that they don't speak English in there, and it's almost when you walk in there, there's no tourists. So when you're walking in, like just be the best way I can put it is just be very polite. Don't talk loud. Don't come there with a big group, and just be on your best behavior. That's it. You don't have to dress up or anything like that. It's a coffee house, but they're very like old school, you know. I go in there. There's this guy. He's probably what's it called? I I, I what's it called, babe? Hatsu. Uh, Hatsu. Yeah, Hatsu. 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 Oh, okay. And the old beans, he's like old beans, and then he said, uh, he goes, he goes takes. Is it racist to like say like? It's not racist. That's pretty accurate. I mean, that's like actually his accent. <laughs> no, it's I'm not just, racist. I don't mean so to like chill out, internet. I don't mean to like. No, you know, just this is the way he does keep, it. Keep moving, keep moving. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> he's like takes. T- <laughs> he's like takes twenty minutes. He yeah. didn't say it like that. <laughs> he's like so twenty minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but actually, worse than that. So, literally, he he sits there, and I will we'll spice in a videogram that's on my Instagram account. It, I did a hyperlapse of him. We did a twenty minute pour over. Twenty minutes for the pour over, dude. Wow. I'm talking like this, going really slow, and he makes these this amazing pour over of fermented coffee beans. And you know how? I mean, talk about fermented foods for a second. Like what you know about fermented well, foods I mean, in general. Fermented foods have a lot of benefits. It depends in part on the the format of the food. So you can you can grind things, you can consume them whole, like say sauerkraut or kombucha, have different beneficial bacteria, mm-hmm. among other things. And sometimes it makes the, um, the ingredients more bioavailable to you as well. When the bri- yeah, bacteria them, I mean, they have certain K vitamins as well that can be, uh, or some people believe are very, very important for many types of health. And uh, so fermented foods have a major part in my life right now because I'm repopulating my gut and my microbiome after a lot of doxycycline, which is a broad spectrum antibiotic. Yeah, so anyway, I, I want you to repopulate so these, your gut with some so fermented the coffee beans. beans. Those old beans so what's there. the right way to brew coffee with these? Um, 33 grams of coffee, and do it... I mean, to if you, what? To 300... It's a lot. It's no, no, 33 grams to like 100... No, to 350 water. milligrams of... Uh, uh, like that bag won't last super long. If that's two cups, basically. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. I'm down. Um, anyway, uh, make it, enjoy it, ferment it. It's fermented already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got you another gift. Thanks. All right. Next gift... Is uh, I was just in Tokyo for those people that don't know. Um, it Do you was know awesome. Which part of Tokyo the Hato is from? Do you know what it's? Uh, I'll put a link. We'll, we'll have we'll a link to the link actual the place. It's not even the blog article for those of you who might be getting this on audio <laughs> or YouTube <laughs> is going to be at World Wide Web. Period. <laughs> Four Hour Blog So this. Have you heard of this company? Listen, listen, yeah, listen. L i s n. Yeah, so this is a small um, uh, producer of like these little freaking sticks. (laughs) Sophisticated (laughs) incense for listeners by Shoyedo Incense Company. So it's all organic. All these smells are non-chemical. They're all from plant uh, derived, 
and like look at all the different uh, the the this is a reading. Oh, they all so have by, oh, it's by. Wait a second, is this from Japan? It is. It's got to be because you got you got two two three is for reading. Two one nine is for gorgeous. I would like to gorgeous. <laughs> uh, two four nine is. You just light that one up. Two, and his well, two four nine is women continue. I'm really curious what that is. <laughs> Sweet Masala Ignis, I don't know, Mouse Day, Sidewalk, Flash, Silent Blue, Dive into the Blue, and then Amulet and Avenue. Can, cool. we, light, can we light one of them? Yeah, let's do it. So we got the little stone there that it comes with. This guy. I think we could use some, uh, I think we should try Continue. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool, man. Yeah, Thank it's you. pretty awesome. So uh, if you like any of these, like they all come in different colors, you can order like tubes of just that cool. color. This is fun. It's just like a variety pack. You know? Variety pack. Yeah. No, it's pretty awesome though. I like the fact that they—it's not like bullshit ingredients. Like they, the lady it's not was like arsenic and yeah. Uh, she was like, "Listen, we don't metals. we don't use any like perfumes, like artificial perfumes or anything like that." So there we go. Um, Bam. Anyway, exciting. Thank you. Yeah. So that's uh, so if you want to check listen, it out, L I S N. Yeah, L I S N. I know they have a website as well, so you can just type in like. L-I-S-N, Incense, Japan, or something like that, and it'll probably come up on the web. But um, oh, and then it gives you the ingredients. So. Uh, Continue is cinnamon and clove. Oh, nice. Selected scents by 100 offered by eight assortments. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but. Okay, so uh, we were talking about ice baths. Yes. Baths. I wanted to give people a tip because those of you who follow my nonsensical self experiments and lack of self preservation may be familiar with my love of ice baths. And ice baths are a bit of a pain in the ass just logistically. To organize. And literally. And literally. <laughs> pain in the balls. Um, if they don't get to your throat <laughs> within the first 30 seconds. And uh, going to, say, Safeway or, or, or uh, wherever it might be, a gas station to get ice is a real pain in the ass. It's, it's, it's a real hassle. And uh, I found... <laughs> it's going with this. I'm go- oh, I have a punchline. <laughs> which is, I've never really used Instacart, and I started using Instacart for ice, and they will deliver 5, 10, or 20-pound bags of ice. It's the so, weirdest fucking thing. Uh, so beer, I dude. can use Instacart, pal. You know, they're like, that's like Ferris order 15 pounds of ice. 80 pounds <laughs> of ice delivered by Instacart like that. It is amazing. It's been a, such a game changer for me. So Instacart, thank you for that. Can you um, see the smoke in the camera? It's ridiculous. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, not for enclosed areas. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Oh, my God. Stop, drop, and roll. Continue. I feel so continued. Uh, so uh, that's my tip for the ice bath. I we were talking about a couple of things. Uh, what does the ice bath do? What the, what the, the ice bath is great for... Uh, hormones like adiponectin, for instance, if you want to increase fat loss. Oh, that's right. Like you put them around your neck and stuff, you said in your book. Yeah, if you want to go lightweight, um, sort of limperous style, if you want to go like burly, then you do an ice bath. Uh, and the way that I've done it historically is typically in a normal sized ice bath, I'll be using 15 to 20 pounds of ice. I will only uh, sit in ice up to about lower nipple area. And I will read a book for about 10 minutes. And then, and only then, will I go down (laughs) to the neck, hands out, for another five minutes. Why hands out? Because you have a very high capillary density in your hands and your feet. And if you put your hands in, you're not going to last even 50% that long. So keeping the hands out is very Hmm. helpful. You look a little, I guess what, Anchorman? No, that's uh, Talladega Nights. So, but... uh, so that's how I generally go about it. I'm not a doctor. Don't play on the internet. If you have a heart condition, blah, 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 your head might explode. Be careful. Talk to your doctor. All right. Um, this, we were looking at this earlier. Uh, so this, this I, uh, is one of my favorite axes. Uh, and uh, for those of you who are, who even has more than one axe like most people are like I have an axe and I chop wood with it yeah I have five. you have like death axes I do look at this, this that's is like a, that's this for is killing people well it, you don't chop wood I mean with I would axe. say that any axe could probably be used for killing people no I, I do chop wood with this but as it turns out when what, you chop wood you don't fucking wood in your backyard what do I hear man it's too You're, it's too large is, for my my very very Lilliputian where do you chop place? it out of my patio, okay. which makes people feel unsafe in my neighborhood. I bet. It's very loud. <laughs> but, uh, so this is a SOG uh, axe, and uh, SOG is an interesting company. They make a lot of multi-tools and knives oh, and whatnot. Uh, 
I have experimented with throwing axes because uh, that's the type of thing I do in my spare time. And it turns out most throwing axes are very chintzy. They're, they're made that's very racist. poorly and they break when you throw them. And by the way, having an axe break and like rebound at you in five pieces is rather dangerous. So this axe, on the other hand, is very, very sturdy. I believe it was modeled after an axe that was used by GIs in Vietnam. And it's fantastic for throwing. Uh, of course, that's not what I recommend because you might uh, look at the backside of this. On the, on the drawback, you don't want to spike yourself in the face. So don't do that. Uh, and uh, just for you urban dwellers, I would also note that if you happen to be a uh, American History X looking guy like me and you go to the park to throw axes to practice, you might have the police called on you. So <laughs> Did that happen ha- to you? No. If you have a girlfriend or lady friend who's willing to just like come along so you don't look like a psycho and just like a stupid boyfriend, then uh, I would encourage you to take that perch. But the SOG axe is a winner. It, it feels like a good axe. It's solid. It is solid. Uh, in other news, big announcement to make. Kevin and I are getting married. No, we're not getting married. (laughs) Uh, I am on Instagram. I put up uh, regular semi-nude shots of me in my underwear. (laughs) This wine has gone straight to your head. I love it. That's what I reserve for Snapchat. It's very exciting. Uh, But Instagram.com forward slash Tim Ferriss, two R's, two S's. And the first photo ever that I put up is of Tony Robbins, who's like eight foot seven, palming my entire head because his hand is large enough to palm my entire head. And he's on your uh, audio podcast. He is on my audio podcast. <laughs> uh, Tony Ro- Anthony Robbins is on my audio podcast. Well, on the you, you don't have and video on that one. That's true. I don't have it's video. Freaking on it. technical. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, Tony Robbins uh, is one of uh, many interesting folks. Had Peter Thiel. I was uh, your first. Your, you were my first. Yes. Don't yeah. don't think I don't remember. I appreciate that, buddy. And. Um, it, and it's gone really well. The podcast has been a lot of fun, in fact. And uh, that's where I'm focusing a lot of my energy because I want to have not just well-known people, but just like niche. Who, who's your nichiest? Obsessive. That you've got your obsessive nichiest person. Obsessive niche. You've had Daria on the show. Oh, no. no. I, I thought you meant like people who like really niche Oh, yeah. Audience. Well, yeah, you... No, no, no. I mean, like, who, have you had any of those people on that you consider to be really uh, niche? I have, I think, in niche subjects. I had the, the latest episode is a guy named Nick Ganju. You probably don't know. He's don't know uh, CTO of ZocDoc and co-founder okay. of ZocDoc. And he's really, really good at explaining making non-engineers or non-mathematically inclined people comfortable with uh, computer science and math. He's, mm-hmm. he's really good at, at, and I was turned off of math in, in 10th grade by a teacher who just bust my, busted my balls and it was a real pain. So I was turned off of math at, at uh, grade 10. But uh, Nick is, is one of the most recent. I'm going to have, and this is already recorded, the resident technology futurist for the FBI mm. is, gonna be, is on the podcast. That's it's pretty cool. It's recorded, it's just not published yet. And uh, we talk about... Mm. Oh, I've got a guess for you. Fuck, I've got a great guess for you. Who do you have? The Iron Sheik. Iron Sheik? Yeah, he freaking DMs me all the time. Really? He's like, he's like I want to be on the podcast. <laughs> oh my he's God. launching a documentary. That could be amazing. He's launching okay. a, a documentary in like two months, and he's like, he's coming to LA. He wants to do as much media Wait, as possible. He lives in Jersey or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, like, the Iron Sheik would be on your podcast, dude. That could be amazing. So if you have any suggestions for podcast guests, please let me know. Uh, Twitter's a good idea. That's the easiest place. Uh, it is at T Ferris, F E R R I S S. I'm pretty sick of tech. You're tired of tech. Yeah, you, you said you're you tired know, of tech. Like, I, you've been talking about being tired of tech for a long time. Well, now, in full disclosure, since we're, 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 we're having a confessional here, mm-hmm. you've said the same thing to me. Yeah, well, I hate tech. Right. So sometimes we respond via text at various moments randomly with, <laughs> God, I hate tech. I hate tech. <laughs> Fuck, I hate tech. And there are various reasons for this. Uh, partially, you can't get away from fucking tech in San Francisco. It's like you want to have a like, normal conversation about something else, and then someone just like with, you know. And by the way, everybody in Silicon Valley, just because you're a dick doesn't mean you have Asperger's. You can't blame being an <laughs> asshole on having some condition you've never been diagnosed as having. So, Dude, I, got, I, got, I literally had a phone call today with this lady from CNET, and she's writing an article... Um, 
And she was like, I want to talk to you about wearable tech and where you think it's going. And I was just like, I'm so tired of talking about this. And she's like, she's like, well, what's the future? Like, with the iWatch? And I'm like, like, what's going on? And I'm just like, listen, I'm like, I don't need any more tech. I got, I'm teched out. Like, I don't need more notifications on my wrist and all that. And she's like, oh, it sounds like you're getting old or whatever. I'm like, listen, I think tab browsing was the worst, like, thing ever invented. I think we might look back in, like, 100 years and be like, tab browsing was a bad idea. Yeah. And, like, just lock it to one tab. Yeah. Because, dude, have you ever gone off and, like, spent, like, I literally, like, this happens to me once a week. I'll be like... 20 tabs deep, and I'll come back to tab one, and I'll be like, oh, that was that email I didn't click send on that this person wanted like yeah, four hours ago. I have ago. that right now. Like, uh, it's I have, I, and, and Chrome is going at like 1997 dial-up speed because Chrome <laughs> has like 30 browser, like tabs open. Right, and multiple windows with other tabs <sighs> behind them. And it's so, just, like, she was like, well, what, what, what the wearables, like, watches? And I'm like, what is it going to give me? Oh, like, a notification? Graham just texted you. I got that on my phone. It's in my pocket. Yeah. What else is it going to give me? Like, your heart rate's at this. Like, great. Like, yeah. that's great. I'm working out. Like, <laughs> I knew that. I think I don't mean to sound old, but anyway. No, you don't sound old. I think, I think tech, and by saying tech, I'm going to take a three to four month break on uh, almost all angel investing. You're all about the breaks this year. You didn't masturbate for like two weeks? A month. A month. Oh, yeah, you lost weight on booze. How was the return to that? I bet you had a great session (laughs) coming back in. Had like some makeup, makeup jerking. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I haven't seen you in a while. It was like, 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 yeah, I was like, yeah, it was, it was, you know, I gotta say, it was, it was, it was pretty exciting, special. Uh, yeah, it was exciting. Uh, but um, oh yes. So the the and but the reasons are are are, are multifold. Number one, and and you've seen this going ba- going back to Watchville and Tiny is building stuff. And I feel like I can't. I don't have maximum excitement, and I can't be of maximal help to the startups that I'm working with if I'm not on the cutting edge. And the only way that I'm on the cutting edge is by building my own stuff. Yeah, you know, and being out on the playing field by battling it and punting the ball down the field. So I'm having a blast. You don't want to punt. Fucking home running it. Field throwing running. a touchdown. Something like yeah, that. I was thinking Punting about, is like when you're in a bad situation world, and you going, got a kick. Yeah, I was going kind of World Cup, but I hear you. Okay. So the that's that's one reason. The second reason is I feel like the the general coaching in the startup world, and I'm not going to take too much time on this, has gotten to a point where everyone is reading from the same pitch script so you just get, like, I get so many bad uh, pitches from people who feel entitled. And I think that's a dangerous sign, sort of a, a hubristic So do you think sign. there's a bubble going on right now? Yeah, I do. I think. But it's not going to hurt anyone when it pops. That's not true. Really? I, Who's going to hurt? Uh, it's going to hurt the people who are, uh, who are getting way too much money with crazy terms with bad businesses. Well, it won't and, hurt them. They'll just go out of business and they'll move on to their next thing, right? Well, I mean, that would, I would, it would hurt them and the people who've invested in them, potentially. Now, I think there's a great opportunity for companies that are, say, in a space with three to five leaders, and there's one company that sees the writing on the wall, raises a bunch of money, is very lean in their operation uh, against competitors who are not and have really high costs and lots of heads to feed, then uh, I think there's a massive opportunity. So I'm not going to stop investing altogether, but I'm going to pick a handful of shots over the next three or four months, and I'm going to stop everything else. So let me ask you a question. There's a lot of people out there that are entrepreneurs or are wanting to start a business, potentially. What is it that you look for then? Like, what is it? I mean, you said already lean, but like in the pitch, when someone sits down with you, yeah. and they're like, I have this idea. Like, what is it that you look for in the founder, their body language, the type of pitch? Like, you said you're getting tired of seeing the same old thing. How can someone stand out? The, the, the way that people can stand out, Graham, I'm right here, right? Yeah. All right? The way that people can stand out, number one, is don't be in such a fucking rush. And I'm so tired of getting the, like, we're oversubscribed, but if anyone would get this, we think it's you, and we're growing 30% month over month. And I'm like, oh, really? Like, search and replace. It's the same email I've had from 10 startups this week. And they're so like, they well, we're closing in the next 48 hours, and we can squeeze you in for 25K. F- fuck off. Like, that, if, if, you're, if I'm really a good fit for the company, there's no overnight rush. Do you know what I mean? And all the best companies that I've, that I've worked with. Do they explain to you why? They say, Tim, you could help us with X, no, Y, and Z, and we a, think... It's just, it's just a bluff. 
it's a bluff. No, I mean, well, when a good pitch comes oh, in. Oh, when a good is pitch like, comes in, is they have like, done their homework. They know exactly how things fit together. So what do they say to you? They say, this is why you're a great investor. Uh, they, 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 they spell they it out say, for you? They would say, uh, we are fami- you know, like, uh, we're familiar with how you've done A, B, and C. We think that we're different. We know you're interested in this. We're different because of A, B, and uh, we'd love to do something with you. There's no huge rush, but we might. We're probably closing around in the next X period of time, and they don't give me 48 hours notice. They give right. me like two or because you're kind of the kind of person that likes to think on things a little bit. Spend a week doing yeah, your well, own like due to, diligence. I like to think on it and do due diligence uh, for myself and anyone who might be backing me on, say, like AngelList, where I do most of my stuff now. Angel.co forward slash Tim, uh, and uh, <laughs> I think I'm slash Kevin. Yeah, I think you're slash Kevin, and uh, so that's where I do most of my stuff, and you can see all my investments there, but. Uh, the best companies want a good fit and they want the right investors. They don't want dumb money with the stupidest terms. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, that shows a longer term vision. I also, in terms of founders, and I don't want to turn this into a, uh, I hate tech, let's talk about tech for an hour, but you, since you asked the question, uh, the best founders are not arrogant. They're just not. The ones that I interact with, at least, and I'm sure there are exceptions, but in their interactions with me, they're not going to be immediately arrogant and entitled and prickish. And I just see a lot of that right now. And uh, there's so much money flooding the market. There's an oversupply of money and undersupply of really good talent. And uh, it's impossible for me to foresee in the next two to three years there isn't a major correction. Because it doesn't take a million people, 10 million people to believe there's a bubble for there to be a bubble, it takes a handful of hedge fund managers to liquidate 20 to 30% of their tech holdings. Sure. That's it. And all that takes is a string of bad IPOs, a string of really high profile catastrophes of some other nature. That's it. So for me, the, the, smart, the smart people as entrepreneurs and the smart money as investors are budgeting for that. Anyway. Cool. So all, but here's the, at the end of the day, I am having so much fun building, and it's been so long. What's your next I, thing? Everyone like you know the yeah. You know, I am not sure what my next thing is. I am trying to be comfortable in that in between space because historically, I've always wanted that one thing, and it's helpful to have that because I'm. It's easy to drown in the cool stuff, meaning uh, a friend of mine, Derek Sivers, has said, and he's also written about this. Your decision should be hell yes or no. Like if it's not like hell yes, fuck yeah, I want to do that or no. Where you get killed, and I think where I've been killing myself is like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, sure, I'll do that. Like, oh, somebody asks a favor, like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, sure, I'll do that. And you commit to ten of those, you're really stressed out. You don't have a lot of time, and you're not doing anything that you're really super ten out of ten psyched about. Mm-hmm. So for me right now, dialing back on a lot of things. And saying no to the startup investing for three to four months because I'm not a momentum trader, right? I'm not in it for the next six months like a lot of the fair weather angel investors out there. I, I've been doing this for whatever, seven years, eight years. I'm going to be doing it for the next 10, 15, 20 years. I can wait three to four months. <laughs> you know, and I think that uh, if there are, you know, people throw these numbers out there, 15 or 13 or 23 kind of billion dollar plus companies that come through Silicon Valley every year, you don't need to get every one of those. You don't even need to get one of those every year. You hit, you get one awesome bet every year or two as an individual investor with a fund that I don't have to allocate over a set period of time. You're great. You're ahead of 99% of the people out there. So if people are out there and they want to get involved, I mean, Angelus is probably your best bet for going out. I would say so, as far as like going out I and finding... I think Angelus is a great way to find good investors. I think it's a great way to find good companies. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, I may be biased. I'm an advisor to Angelus itself. But uh, I think I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I just closed a $1.5 million round for a company called MD Insider. And the whole thing was allocated in one day. And it just simplifies the whole process. The one other thing I've had is I've had people that have come up to me and said, like, you know, I don't have the money to angel invest. Like, how do I get involved in the, like, the tech phenomenon that's going on? And I always had the same recommendation. It's like, if you have something that you're really good at, that you're, like, you're the best at. You know, I'm good at marketing or I'm good at you know, social media or whatever it may be that is your thing. Yeah. Like, just go after these young startups that don't have that person. And offer your services. I have a guy right now that's helping me out with uh, customer service. He's awesome. This guy, Forrest, 
he's amazing. And he was like, he approached me and he's like, listen, I'll work for free if you want. Like, like, yeah. what do you want? Like, you know, he, and he just wants a foot in the door, some stock options, you know, eventually, yeah. like, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, if you have a skill out there and you don't have the funds to go out and be your own angel investor, there's still ways for you to get involved in these companies very early on. And like, I mean, that's how you hear about these stories. There's a reason why the secretaries at Microsoft were all multimillionaires. You know, that yeah. was like a huge story that came out back yeah. in the 90s. Yeah, it's like it, there's other ways for you to get involved. It doesn't have to be through through big checks. So, yeah, anyway. I think I think that that's very good advice. And uh, Angelus is actually I just saw an article. It was like how I think. How I got 30 consulting gigs in 30 days using Angelus. There's a piece about it. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a very smart approach. So, for instance, if you were to not try to sign on immediately for a full-time job, but do contract work Mm -hmm. for a half a dozen or a dozen fast-growing companies. This is what David Prager does. Okay. He, he goes out and he shoots videos this for them. This is a mutual friend of ours. Yeah, yeah he's a, I mean, uh, he, he's been on Revision 3 and some of the other stuff I did, but he, he went out and um, he shoots these videos, these startup videos for companies, and if there's a really cool company, he'll say, like, you know what, I'll reduce your rates, but like, just like, give me some advisory shares. Yeah. It's the same idea that the guy from Facebook that painted all the murals, yeah, he like, yeah, yeah. made like a, a quarter, like $250 million or something crazy, because <laughs> he took all stock from Zuckerberg yeah, when he was yeah. painting their murals in their office. So. Anyway, that's kind of where you were going, right? Well, that's where I was going. And then what you can do is when you do an amazing bang-up job for half a dozen startups, and let's just say four of them are like, you know, we'd love to hire you on a more ongoing basis, then you can take a look at those people who are hot to trot and ask for advisory shares or equity or maybe even pull, you know, choose a full-time gig, yeah. uh, which is what uh, you know, I advised a very young guy uh, to do not long ago, he actually had the, he he wanted to work with me, uh, or he had a couple of other options, and uh, one of them was Stripe, and uh, this was quite a while ago. And I said, take the Stripe job, and yeah. uh, I was like, they like you, you know, take the Stripe job. Like that's that's a good horse to bet on, and mm-hmm. he's pretty happy with that. That's awesome. <laughs> moment. Uh, but uh, what else is happening? What all? What's up? Yeah, so th- this is like my last thing I have to talk about. We can wrap up, or I'm sure you probably have something else. But this book, a buddy of mine recommended to me. Mm-hmm. I have not read it. I brought it along because I just got it in the mail and it was in my bag anyway. But I figured I'd ask you. No, no, no. Honestly, I was going to ask you if you had ever heard of it. I've read it multiple yeah, times. Yeah, and so then yeah. you said you've read it multiple times. I'm like, well, maybe you should talk about it because I'm about to read this. What am I about to get myself into? Yeah, so this- and Daria just finished it. My, my wife just finished it, this book. Uh, a couple days ago, right? Because Tim, uh, Ramit uh, Sethi is on your podcast, recommended yeah. it on your podcast. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, that sounds that sounds right. So this is Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion by Robert, Robert B. Chialdini. A lot of people say it that way. Chialdini, right? It's a ch, Italian fellow, PhD. So the, the, the cover quote is, for marketers, it's among the most important books written in the last 10 years. And uh, it's it's... It's a fascinating look at the psychological dynamics that companies and people use in selling services or products, uh, how those can be used against you, how you can implement those for good in your own company, and uh, it touches on things like scarcity, time restrictions, uh, I social, can't wait to social read proof, this. etc. I'm really excited. And it, it offers what I think is a very helpful checklist for any type of product launch or, uh, say, message or copy editing. So if you have copy and you, oh, you must have loved this on a homepage, then, or you're making an offer or you're doing a product launch or you're doing an email sequence for whatever, uh, or even implementing Facebook ads or something like that, I, I think that this offers a very good uh, checklist for the components that lead to a compelling offer. So you just finished this book two days ago. What do you, is there anything you want to add to that? Like anything that you took away from the book? Um, it's also, I mean, that's all absolutely true. It's also really interesting just in terms of human psychology because it's important to remember that people have a lot of different motivations for doing things. And it really like goes through the basis of understanding how to get people to act you know, and when, when you're in MySpace or any, I mean, it's for marketing. Yeah. But also like, I just, I just want to get people to eat healthy, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. for that, it's incredibly valuable. Cool. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited. I can't yeah. wait. No, it's, it's, it's a, I think a very helpful book. It's a seminal book that has influenced many other books. <laughs> and you know, whether you're looking at, uh, 
mystery and the mystery method for pickup artists, or uh, you're looking at how, let's say, Y Combinator companies are coached to pitch investors, or you look at how to get people to change their diet when they've resisted it for 20 years. They all, all of the dynamics, the psychological dynamics that make any of those things successful uh, boil down to a handful of principles which in general are covered in this book. So this is not necessarily industry specific which makes it very valuable because you can apply it wherever you want to apply it. Cool. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. Anything else? You know, I, uh, I don't. Chop some wood? I don't think so. Yeah, I got some almond wood which is good for... Uh, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Good for burning. Good for cooking. We're about to go on Thanksgiving. Uh, we are. Moving into Thanksgiving. I'm smoking a turkey. <laughs> I'll be uh, headed to the East Coast uh, to have Thanksgiving with my, with my family. Awesome. Which I'm very excited about. I uh, have, a, have a new wood stove coming in from uh, Vermont Castings. Did a bunch of homework. There are a number of really good companies out there, but decided on that. And uh, I'm excited for a little bit of brisk cold on the East Coast. Mm. I don't like to live in the cold all the time. I know what you mean. I was just in New York yeah. a few days ago, and yeah. it was just like, it was nice. It's crisp. It's like it wakes you up. It's nice. Nipples and get hard. <laughs> it's good. A little, yeah, yeah. levels up the nipples, mm. brings them to attention. So I like, I like, the, uh, I like Thanksgiving <laughs> and Christmas for that. So I'm very... Uh, <laughs> just for that. Just, just for the nipple, <laughs> nipple erections. Uh, but... Uh, that's, I think, on that note, really, I've covered all the bases this time around. <laughs> Graham, anything to add before we go? Mm. Happy Thanksgiving. Have you guys seen uh, Too Many Cooks? No. Too Many Cooks, what is it? It's, uh, it's an adult swim thing that aired at 4 a.m. in the middle of the night, and it's this uh, parody of uh, old 80s TV shows where they have the credits of the, uh, of the folks that are in the show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, you know, like... They'll be doing something, and they'll look up, and their name will be on the screen, and they'll like smile at the camera. But this is an 11-minute-long parody of that that slowly devolves into like a really interesting horror movie. Like, wow! <laughs> and I think that you guys would enjoy it. So go check, like, go cool. watch. Cool. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Uh, the song will be. St- I apologize in advance. The song will be stuck in your head for weeks. But, but it that was aired kind of, at 4 a.m. They were just like, screw. We're gonna it, put it up. It immediately, when it aired at 4 a.m., it immediately went viral the next day. No way. It's got over like two or three million views, uh, and it's the creepiest, funniest. Like, amazing. You've got to see it. It's awesome. That's a great recognition. All right. Yeah. Too many cooks. Check it out. And happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Namaste. Even if you are not in in America. Uh, Be thankful. Take the occasion of all the Yanks eating their turkeys. Or uh, tofu-made textured vegetable protein, God knows what, here in San Francisco. And... uh, Think, think of what you're grateful for. I'm not trying to get too Deepak Chopra on you. I'm just saying. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's common for... Uh, I, I, think it's com- <laughs> I think it's common for type A personalities. I don't know where I'm going with this. Type A personalities <laughs> to be very focused on achievement. And it's easy to recognize that you've done so much and you haven't taken any time to appreciate any of it. And I think for just general peace of mind and quality of life, it's really helpful to take some time, even if it's just a minute before meals, grace style, even if you're not religious, uh, to be thankful and make a list of those things. So, And in fact, there's a really cool type of meditation that is sometimes called uh, gratitude meditation or compassion meditation, closely related. That's very interesting, Hmm. Uh, but we'll save that for another session. So, happy Thanksgiving, even if you're not in the United States of America. Peace out. See you soon.